Well, good morning. Welcome, church. This is our, our graduation Sunday. I'm Roger Simpson, the youth pastor here at New Covenant Church. So it's an honor, yeah, honor to bring the word to you this morning. Um, I like to start with the story. So I grew up, and I am the youngest of seven. And in my house, my family, my mom and my dad, worked as like a co-pilot situation in our family. They were a team. They were united front. They were together all the time. I'm named after my father. He is the original. I am the sequel. I told him that. He said, well, there's nothing that can beat the original. Original is always the best. I said, you are right, Dad, but the sequel always makes more money. I'm still waiting on that to happen in my life, but just believe with me for that. But in my house, I knew that my parents were united front. But if I could just get them to be a little bit on opposite sides, I might be able to get what I want. So anything I know about parenting is from what I tried as a child or what I saw my siblings try and said, I don't want to do that because that got them beat. So I don't want to do whatever they did. And so I realized, okay, here's what I'm going to do. So when dad worked out of town, he traveled a lot. And when he would be home, this was mom's rule. You ask me questions all the time, go ask your dad. So I knew that. So I have a sweet tooth, more like sweet teeth, just like all of them. Like that's my weakness. When I'm in an interview, they say, what's your weakness? I say, sweets. I just, there's nothing I can do. I just, just love sweets. So as a little kid, I was like, ice cream, got to get it. Love ice cream in our house. So already knowing what mother was going to say, I go to her as a little kid and say, Mom, can I have some ice cream? What did I tell you? When your dad is home, go ask him. So then I go ask Dad, knock on his office door, hey, Dad, um, can I have some ice cream? I don't care. Go ask your mama. Well, she told me to ask you. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care. Do we even have ice cream? Go ask your mama. So now I knew at this point, it's mine. Like, it's just a waiting game. I just got to go until one of them says yes. I just need a yes from mom or dad. I need a yes because then from there I can tell my siblings whatever I need to tell them to do because mama said I could have it. So then I'm coming back bold, like, I got this now. Hey, mom, can I ask somebody? I thought I told you to go ask your dad. He told me to come ask you. I sent you to go him. I don't care. Just go, go tell your sister. Go tell your sister. Get it. Just, it's fine. Go get the ice cream. And then from there, it's all joy because I got my ice cream. I got my ice cream. And it is so good. So thank you for that reference. Um, so I needed yes. I didn't just need any yes. I needed yes from the authority in the house. I needed a yes from the one who said something means other things were going to happen, means other things were going to move because of this yes. So the title of my message is the app for life, app being an acronym for authority, permission, and power. So my message is supposed to be a charge to the graduates. It's supposed to be the thing that is going to set them forth and lead them into whatever they're about to go do. And for that, you need an app. Now, if I say an app and the first thing you said, the food they bring us before they bring the real meal, okay, that means you probably didn't watch, 
You're probably watching black and white TV, but an app on your phone is an application that you download. But we're talking about an app for life. So we're going to be in the scripture in Matthew chapter 8. So it will be up on the screen if you did not bring your Bible. If you have your Bible or if you have the Bible app, then please, please look on. Love for people to look on with the word. So Matthew chapter 8 verse 1 says, When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Verse 3 says, Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. He went up to Jesus and said, If you are willing, make me clean. My first uh, first point, the definition of authority is the ability or right to give orders, make important decisions, or enforce obedience. The ability or right to give orders. And my first point is, you will not give authority to anything or anyone you do not believe in. You will not give authority to anything or anyone that you don't believe in. So when you are giving authority, whether you are looking on your phones or or TV, there are people that you have deemed as authority in your life. One of the conversations I have with the youth all the time is that our lovely phones that we all use, that there is, and I'm not trying to say, Baba Boucher, your phone's the devil. That's not what I'm trying to say this morning. (laughs) But I tell them, you're giving authority If what you read or what someone posts becomes what you use to guide your life, what you use to guide your life, guess what? Google has something called an algorithm they use to determine who are considered influencers, who are determined the people that they know that if I push a product to Pastor Sam and he posts it on his Facebook, that there is a 50% chance somebody's going to buy something. They have all of that documented. My sister, older sister D, uh, Dr. DJ as she's called, sorry, Dr. DJ, um, she had the ability or had an awesome opportunity where she was on a plane next to a Google executive. And one of the things he said, he, he said, yeah, we track all of that. We track what you search. We track what you look at. We know who is considered an influencer. We know who the followers are. We know who your circle of influence is based off of everything you have looked at, what you've shopped, what you've bought. And we know that if you see something and you comment on it, you write about it, that other people are going to see that and follow you. And we know an idea about who you're going to follow. That's authority. When you have that ability that you say something other people follow, that's authority. And what I always want our young people to know is that the authority has to be given to the right place. I will say it again. That's what somebody said in the crowd. The authority has to be given to the right place. Now, here's the thing about authority. In the story of little Roger wanting ice cream, did I do anything for the authority to be there? No, I didn't create the authority. The authority already existed, my parents. It was set up in the house. The authority was there. It was already there regardless of what I went and asked for. I had to say I have to get a yes from that authority. 
So the thing about authority, guys, it is what you decide is the authority for your life. What you decide. So you can decide today that I'm not going to listen to anything this guy is saying. It doesn't matter what he says. He looks funny. He moves too much. Whatever it is, I'm not going to listen to him. Or you can say, God, whatever you want to say to me, I am willing to listen. Because your authority shouldn't be in the person standing here on stage. Your trust, what you believe in, should not be in what I'm saying. Believe on who the one who sent us here, the one who loves us and who is for us, as we were singing today, it should be in him. And so then as I'm saying something, the Holy Spirit can speak to each of you exactly where you're at to receive what you need to receive. But when, it's, when your authority is just completely placed in the institution of church, and then what happens in the building, that's where people realize that there are other people on stage. There are other people just like me behind the camera. There are other people that are singing and worshiping. And guess what? People have faults. And when those people that have faults fail you, then you say, I'm done with church. Because your authority was placed in church. And the institution and the, and the schedule and the agenda of what happens on Sunday, Wednesdays, or throughout the week. Versus being in the one who we all love and serve and worship. Because I grew up in a big family. Guess what? I know that all of my parents' children are not the nicest people at times. But that does not change how I love my parents. So guess what? Some of God's children are not the nicest people at times. But that doesn't mean that that changes how I serve and how I look to the Father. Because guess what? God is good. And all the time, even when his children are bad. Even when his children mess up. Even when his children are mean and nasty. Guess what? God is still good. And so our authority, our belief system has to be based in him. You will not put your authority, you will not give authority to anything that you don't believe in. So the next verse, continuing on in that story, verse 5, Matthew 8, verse 5. So now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Everyone say, speak a word. word. Verse 9, for I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I will say to this one, go, and he goes. And I say another one, come here, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does this. Verse 10, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said, To those who followed him, assuredly I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in all of Israel. My next point, the the next letter in app, P, permission, is the approval or authorization to do something. So the the centurion went to the authority, and then he gave permission. So again, back to the, the story that of baby Roger. That's what mom calls me, baby Roger. The authority was there, and the permission had to be given. Authority was there, permission had to be given. Guess what? Even as a kid, though, I could have said, you know what? I don't want any ice cream. That's okay. 
and missed all that delicious goodness of ice cream. I could have said no to something great, something good in my eyes. So the authority is there. The permission has to be given and it has to be received. And so when it comes to the permission, and this is what I've shared before uh, on the stage, and I've, I've talked with our youth, the difference between our lives as we get older in our faith is that the permission we allow the Holy Spirit to have in our lives. And this is where we get stuck, as I said to our youth in our message, get stuck in first gear. As a car drives, it shifts from first gear to second gear to third gear to fourth gear. And with each gear, there's more power that is given to the car. When we first get saved, we are ready. Zero to 60, two seconds. Somebody be like, we're going to go and witness in the mall. Let's go. I'm going. I'm ready to tell people about Jesus. I can pray for people. I'm ready. But then we get into our faith a little bit more like, well, maybe I used the wrong scripture. Well, maybe I didn't say that correctly. Well, what are they going to think about me if I pray? Do I actually know how to pray? Am I praying correctly? I don't want to offend them. I don't want to hurt their feelings. You know what? I'm not going to say anything. So as, as we're transitioning, guess what? We are just limiting the permission that God has in our lives to do something through us. We had a, a get-together with, with uh, with, our youth, with our youth pastor, my youth pastor growing up, Pastor Corey, and several of us from the youth group that back in the day when we were in the old building in the third floor, we were the upper room before upper room was ever popular. Uh, we worshiped on the third floor. The floor was so creakety and, and wood that when we started jumping because of the song, you could feel the floor wobbling. Like, Holy Spirit, hold us up, please, Jesus, because... <laughs> We don't want to fall into the sanctuary. Hey, Pastor Sam, we were just up there. We came through. Wanted to say hi. Um, and, it would, and it would wobble. But as we were talking, we were praying, we were encouraging each other because we're all at different stages of our lives now. And I said this, and I told them I didn't want this to sound rude. I said, but we can't get together and sound like an old high school football team and talk about the glory days. Yeah. All of our great things that God did in our lives can't be when we were in high school. We can't talk about, remember that time we prayed for somebody? Yeah, back in 2000 and what, five, three, six, four? And that be the last great thing we think about that God did in our lives. That can't be. You can't think about the last time that you shared with someone about the goodness of God and it be when you first got saved. And, you, and it becomes this thing where you're just reminiscing and talking about the good old days. It has to be fresh in our lives. And what determines that is the permission that you give God to move in, through, in your life, move through your life. So young people, please hear me. Don't let the awesomeness that is youth group be the last time you think about something good that God did in your life. It can't be. It can't be, oh, I remember that time, Pastor Roger, remember we worshiped, and it was so great, and the lights went off, and we didn't even plan it, and it was so good, and people were just running around the sanctuary and all this other stuff. That happened for real. <laughs> but that can't be your story five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now of how good God is. There has to be something new. We have to give God more permission in our lives to do what he has created us to do. Amen. You are created for good things. You are created with a purpose. You are created to show people the love of God. People are not going to walk into this service 
There are people in this city that may not walk into a church. They may not ever step foot in a church, but they see you every day. They should get a service every day. They should get a, a message every day. They should get worship every day. That doesn't mean you put out a guitar into, at work and the Lord, I lift your name on high. No. They should see the love of God in everything that you do. It should just come out of you. And it doesn't have to be cheesy. It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be. Sometimes Christians, I read stuff online like, we're just so weird sometimes. Just, why do we do stuff that just is weird? Not the good weird, just as like, well, I know that that was a great thing that happened, but did you lead them? Did you baptize them? I have just prayed for them on the street. What do you mean baptize them? Just run to a lake somewhere? What do you mean? And we always poke holes in each other. Christians are the most critical of other Christians. And guess what? We don't need that because the world's already critical of us. They don't really like us. I don't know if you know this. Most Christians in the, the world perspective is we're weird, we're cheesy, and we're fake, and we're hypocritical. And we say a lot of stuff to present an image, but that's not exactly how we got our lives. But what changes that? Consistency, what they see. Because I can hear this, I can hear this, I can tell you how great ice cream is, I can tell you how great ice cream is, but until you experience how great ice cream is, you just don't know. You can tell them how great God is, but if they're not seeing it in your life, if they're not experiencing this like, man, you know what? Every time I'm around this person, I just get encouraged. Every time I'm around this person, I just get uplifted. I don't know what it is about them. I don't know what it is. And like Pastor Chris said, people are watching. People are watching. People are watching. And they talk. They talk. I had an incident where we had this event, and I've shared about this, where we had this event on at the university every Saturday. It's called our premiere day, where we are up early and it's come see the campus, see how great it is. We give you tours. There are people there to talk to you, yada, yada, yada. Well, we have to be there at like 6 o'clock in the morning. So that means you're getting up early to make sure everything's fine. There was a family that was there really early. I don't know why they got there early. They were like garage sale early. You know those people that are like ready for the garage sale? And it's like, when do y'all start? Not till eight. Okay, it's six. Why are you here? We just wanted to scout out. You know, we'll be back. Like those people, like they were there early. And a coworker of mine, she didn't know where something was. And they were rude. Like just tore her a new one. How can you work here and you don't even know this? Do you even, do you have a degree? Why do you, why do you have, do you have a degree? Did they just hand out degrees here? Like just completely tore her down. And I was driving around the golf cart doing stuff, and I came back, and she was just, like, so mad. I was like, what happened? She's like, this family, blah, 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 they were so mean. And I said, well, you know what? You are awesome because you know where everything else is on campus. You may not know where that one thing was, but you knew where this is, and you know how to do this. And they don't really know how much they're going to need you when they're student hard. And I just started saying all this stuff, just trying to build her up and encourage her. And the thing is, she was a coworker, but I didn't even know her. She worked in another department. And then she said, who are you? What is your name? And then she looked at my name and she said, oh, you're Roger. That's why. I said, that's why? What do you mean, Roger? That's why? She's like, well, everyone knows that you're uplifting. You're an encouraging person. You're a great friend. Everyone says that they love working with you because of how well that you are and how much you care about people. So that makes sense. Why? I was wondering who this person is, but I see it's Roger. That makes sense why you're saying all that. 
I didn't know who they were. It wasn't like I walk around like with this shirt that says make heaven crowd all day. I'm like, hey, here I am a Christian on campus. That's not what I do. But people were talking because of the way I live my life. Now think for a second, what would people say about how you live your life? I hope that didn't hurt of that thought. But guess what? God's grace is sufficient. He loves you. And that doesn't have to be the same story. But there are people that are not going to walk into a church service. But they see you every day. You will not give permission to anyone or anything you do not trust in. Point two, you will not give permission to anyone or anything that you don't trust in. So you won't give authority if you don't believe in it. You won't give permission if you don't trust it. What are we trusting? What are we believing in? What do we believe in, church? Who do we believe in? Who do we, where are we putting our trust? I love working with the youth. Love working with the youth. Sometimes they have some crazy stories, though. I was reading somewhere, someone said that I needed to drink this drink and I'll lose 20 pounds in a week. Was it a doctor? No, I was an influencer. So they don't have any type of medical history that you can follow that's true? Well, they got the verified check, the blue check mark. That means they're a real person. I don't think you should be following that recipe. I don't know what they're telling you to put in there, and why are you trying to lose 20 pounds in a week? What's, that's like, never mind, I won't go there. That's a bad comment. Anyways, but what are we putting our trust in? What are we believing? If it's not rooted in the love of God, if it's not rooted in the word of God, the results can be all over the place. It really can. Okay, last letter. So you got your authority, permission. Last B is power, the ability to act or produce a change. You will only have power results that are related to the authority and the permission you give. I'm going to say that again. You will only have power or results that are related to the authority and permission that you give. So if I give my authority using example of the Baby Roger, authority and permission, that's, that's in you. Authority, what you believe in, power, or sorry, authority, permission, what you believe in, what you trust in, that's in you. The power of the results are what happens to what you believe or trust in. The results come from that. So if I'm putting my authority and my permission in only things related to just for me, the results are going to be just for me. Is that making sense? So that if I'm focused on, if my mindset is only about how can Roger do this or how can Roger do that, then my results are going to be for Roger. But if my authority permission to say is in God and it says what you want to do through me, other people are going to benefit from that. And don't get me wrong, I am all about self-improvement. I'm all about finding out 
I'm such a, an analytical person as far as like what I can do to get better, what I can do to be a better uh, pastor, to be a better husband, to be a better anything. I'm, I, I love reading stuff. I love listening to podcasts about that stuff. But if my only focus is just on me, that's where the results are going to come from. It has to be, again, rooted in the word, rooted in who God has created us to be. And it will change. The results will change other people. Here's my scripture reference. This is in Matthew 28. Matthew 28. You've probably heard the scripture before. 28 verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all these things I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So breaking that scripture down, and Jesus came to them saying, all authority, verse A, has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. Permission. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Power. So in that statement, Jesus talked about the authority, gave us permission, and then the results is to all the nations. So the entire planet, world, your culture, your sphere of influence will benefit from where you place your authority and your permission in. Guys, your results are going to be magnified with the Lord. God is not just about blessing you and yours and that's it. When you trust in God, it's amazing how things begin to multiply, how things begin, other people begin to be impacted just by the way that you guide your life. So our app for life, our authority and our permission and our power has to be with the Lord. But those first two guys, it's up to you. First A, the first P, it's all up to you. It's your decision. Let's make a decision that's going to impact the world. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, I thank you so much for your word. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we just read that all of authority in heaven and earth has been given to you, Jesus. And you turned to us and said, here you go. I give this to you now. Go make disciples. Go spread the good news. Go and share the good news of what I've done. So, Father, we thank you for trusting in us. We thank you for believing in us. And right now, Lord, I just, I just speak against any um, condemnation, Father, or guilt, Lord, that is trying to come upon any of your children, Father, to make them say that they're not good enough, they're not, and you've messed up, and you haven't been following the Lord, and you've been this, and you've been that. Those are all lies from the pit of hell, Father. And I speak, I speak, Father, for your Holy Spirit to comfort and as it says in your word, to lead us into all truth. So I thank you, Lord, for that conviction that points us back to you and that points us in the right direction, Lord. And I thank you for guiding us in truth today and in our lives, Lord, that we will be, make an impact for those that are in 
our sphere of influence, Father. And we give you that permission in Jesus' name. Amen.